step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising... You will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and I am your host today. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to spend with me. I know that we have a lot of things that we could spend our time on and I'm always honored when someone finds time to uh, spend that time with me. Uh, so today I wanted to share a little bit of an article that I recently read. The title of the article was do you need a financial advisor as a small business owner? Uh, what I have seen over the years is many times because someone owns a business and maybe they're, they're an expert in whatever their widget is. That doesn't necessarily mean they are good money managers. That doesn't necessarily mean they can make the best financial decisions for their company. The article went on to say, many businesses fail in their first few years, and it's often due to poor planning and costly mistakes. The expertise of a financial advisor can compensate for your lack of expertise. They can help you make sound financial decisions for your business, as well as create a financial plan that you can follow for the life of your business, and that would include an exit strategy as well. So today my guest is Joel Gardner, and Joel is a financial advisor who helps small business owners and self-employed professionals um, build a plan to protect and grow their wealth. So if that sounds interesting, you're definitely going to want to join us today. So please help me in welcoming Joel to the show. Joel, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Linda. Great, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, Joel, I, I've seen this happen so many times where uh, out networking or being in that business community, I see people um, and many of them will have an MBA. You know, many of them have uh, the credentials that say they should succeed, but it doesn't always happen. And I think sometimes it's because they think they have the answer but they're not the expertise in all areas of their business. So before we start talking about that, Joel, tell me a little bit about your background and what drew you to wanting to help small businesses build wealth? 
Yeah. So, so that's a great question. Um, so I think I'd have to start going all the way back to when, when I was a, a young child and um, I grew up in a household where my father was a business owner and I just saw firsthand all of the many hats that he wore as a business owner. And, um, and you know, he, he was successful to some degree and, and had some struggles in others. And so I think that started in me a desire to to want to help business owners be able to step out of the business and actually work on uh, the business instead of inside of it. And to be able to look into the future and and plan for, you know, how this large asset on their balance sheet is going to coordinate to their future plans, um, mm-hmm. whether it's stepping away from the business or uh, passing it down or, or selling it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because it, it does become probably the largest asset that uh, that a business owner would have is their business. And it's something that they are building towards and they're hoping someday that that business will become their retirement. But if it's not handled correctly, Joel, I'm sure you see it happen where it doesn't always play out that way. You really need some help, especially these days when things are so crazy. You need some help of an expert, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of stories on that. Um, you know, I think the first step is just understanding what the actual value of the business is. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've probably experienced this, Linda. A a business owner might think that their business is valued one thing, but if they don't really know what it is, they could be planning um, on on selling that business for X and uh, be you know greatly disappointed or or even surprised uh, to the good uh, when that when the time comes. Mm-hmm. So really, they should all along be checking the value of the business and not wait until the day they want to put a for sale sign in front of it, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, when we're doing personal planning or business planning with folks, uh, we want to be tracking along, you know, regularly to see how we're going towards our goals, uh, looking at, at someone's net worth and how that's tracking along. Well, with when with someone who's not a business owner, that's easy to track. We can look at your 401k, your investments, your savings. We can we can look at those balances and, and see how they're progressing. A lot of times, a business owner, like we said, the largest asset on their balance sheet is their business, but they're not necessarily seeing how is this asset growing um, and at what rate should it be growing at, and what can we do to actually improve that growth. Um, so that when we get to the point of of transitioning, it's going to play out the way we would want it to. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel, as you're talking, I'm I'm thinking that some of the advice um, and some of the suggestions that you would give a small business owner would be almost that in the role of a. Uh, like a controller or a CFO to someone, uh, to a small business owner that 
maybe the business has grown more than what they expected and they don't have that expertise. It sounds like you could bring some of those uh, strengths to a small business. Yeah, I think from a big picture standpoint, we can help them, um, you know, look from more of a, a 20,000, you know, foot view. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely rely upon our, our partners, um, you know, whether it be a, a, a CFO, um, a CPA, or, or even, you know, an outsourced person um, to, to really help with more of the, the day-to-day functions. And so that's, that's kind of a resource that, that we'll bring to a relationship is if they don't have someone to really help them, um, you know, tracking their costs and looking at their margins and, and really getting into those details, then we can make recommendations of, of people to help. Mm-hmm. You know, I, what I've seen sometimes as well, Joel, is when the small businesses, uh, and sometimes it's family-owned business in particular, when they do start growing, when they do start seeing profits, uh, their purchases are not always wise purchases. <laughs> sometimes they opt for the, you know, the $300,000 RV or the, um, you know, the 500-acre ranch uh, where they can go deer hunting every year. So do you help your small business owners in making investments? I'm not saying they can't reward themselves, but to make investments that will increase the value of the company. Because that RV, it's not going to be sold with the company. Right, right, right. Yeah, we we definitely see that where, you know, sometimes there's tax planning where, you know, we've had a good year and we want to buy some things to, to mm-hmm. lower our taxes. Um, and, and that can certainly work. But as you said, that's not necessarily going to increase the value of the business. So when we're when we're working with a business owner and they're, you know, they're doing well, they're profitable, uh, there's there's really a few things that they could decide to do with those profits. They could obviously, you know, take distributions to themselves and, and put it on their own balance sheet, and that can be appropriate. Um, they can buy new equipment or new contracts that are going to add to future revenues and, and ultimately, hopefully, increase the value of the business. They could also reinvest into the people. Right, the people who who make up their business and help it to grow, um, and so those are all different, you know, analysis that that we can help a business owner think through. Well, you know, Joel, now that you mentioned that, I think of investing in maybe a system, you know, whether it's an accounting system, whether it's a CRM or, you know, whatever the tracking system is. But I hadn't really thought about good, solid employees being an asset of the company. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, you know, you think about, really any successful business um, is made up of, of the people inside of the business. So if, if you have people who add a, you know, in, in skills um, that, that maybe are hard to duplicate in the marketplace um, or, or who really understand your, your system, like you just said, really get your business, 
well, the longer that those people are going to stay around and really be invested into the culture, in, into what you're building as a business owner, the more it's going to increase uh, your bottom line and, and, like we said, ultimately the, the value. And so you think about a business owner who, who's thinking about exiting um, and they have, you know, maybe a leadership team that um, is, is very valuable in terms of, of what that prospective buyer would be looking at buying. Well, now all of a sudden, if, if you were to lose some of those key people, if, if they were to hear about, you know, hey, uh, there's going to be a sale and there's uncertainty about what's going on, well, now all of a sudden, you know, things can really fall apart. Um, in fact, that, that makes me think of, of, of a story that, that I'd love to share with you. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, one, of, one of my uh, referral partners was telling me about a deal that he was helping with. He was helping finance, and they were at kind of the, the last hour where the business owner was, was going to sell, um, and it was going to pretty much make his retirement. And um, during kind of the, the final stages, the top salesman in the company uh, got wind of things and decided to leave. Mm. And it had a pretty direct effect on the revenue of the company. And the buyer backed out of the deal. Um, and so now the business owner, to a large degree, is – you know, they're not starting from scratch, but they're having to take a probably five years step back where wow. now they were about to exit and, and they're going to have to, to kind of start over to a degree. Wow. Wow. And, you know, Joel, these times, um, just to let everybody know, this is July the 19th of 2022, and employers are really struggling to find good employees. So once an employer, if you're working with a small business owner, Joel, and they have some really anchored employees. They're really great employees that bring a lot to the company. What are some of the things that an employer could do to reward or incentivize their employees to stay, even if they are getting ready to sell? Yeah. So, you know, in, in my line of work, I've had hundreds of conversations with families, you know, people talking about what they're looking to accomplish, whether it's a business owner or, or, you know, just someone looking to do retirement planning. And the beginning of those conversations, we, we go through kind of a goal exercise to see what's important to them. And it's really interesting to me that uh, everyone's unique, obviously. Everyone has unique goals, but there's kind of five broad categories that almost always come up, and those are being financially prepared, right, retirement planning, just kind of financially prepared, what is the plan, um, usually something to do with housing, maybe it's some kind of repair or buying a new house, um, paying off debt is sometimes something that will come up, or cash flow management, um, preparing for for college for their children mm -hmm. and then traveling 
is the fifth thing. Mm. And so I think about if those are things that almost always come up, then what if business owners, if they really want to work on their culture and retaining those employees that are valuable um, to their bottom line, what if they try to align benefits um, and, and do things to show that they really care for those people by, you know, looking at those five categories? Mm. And so what would be some of the things that you would suggest to them to consider that would maybe hit some of those five areas? Sure, sure. Um, you know, this is not a, an exhaustive list, but something that, that mm-hmm. I've been thinking about, right? There's there's all kinds of benefits that can be offered. Obviously, having good health insurance um, and all of those things is, is going to be important. But kind of thinking a little bit outside of the box, when you, when you go to the first one, the financial preparedness, um, what about offering workshops or even a, like a portal um, where, where employees can go in and see where they're at see how prepared they are and and get a scorecard um, for their financial readiness. Um, In in our firm, we have a a tool called Wealth Steps that kind of helps with that, just helping people figure out what are the things that I need to do and in what order, what steps should I take. Um, So so that's one. Financial wellness is is kind of language that's thrown out around that. Another one is for for your key people, you know, maybe they have plans around paying for college uh, for their children. Well, you know, if they have a young, a young, um, a young son, right, who's, who's a ways away from college, what if you told that employee, if you're around and you're continuing to perform at the level that you're performing right now, in 15 years, when Johnny is ready to go to college, we're going to give you uh, compensation above your, your normal pay to, to help pay for college. Mm. Um, you think about the conversations that that employee is going to have when he, when he or she goes home and talks to their spouse. Um, you know, they're probably not going to leave. They're, they're going to stay right. around and so, you know, talking about employee retention, that's pretty powerful. Um, an, an outside-the-box idea, again, would be, you know, um, hiring a, a travel concierge or, or a travel agent, you know, to, to almost service your employees to help them accomplish their, their travel goals, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, just, just things like that that really show as, a, as an employer that, that you care about your people. Well, I love this because, Joel, it sounds like um, when, you, when you start seeing an employee um, and recognize that they have a life outside of the 8 to 5 or whatever those hours are, then you have tapped into – that employee's emotions and letting them know that you recognize them and you see them, I could see where that would, and, and have it be genuine. 
you know, right. certainly not saying this is all contrived or that it, that you would be manipulating. It definitely has to be genuine. I can see where an employee would have that almost like a heart connection with the company. I can remember there were companies that um, that I loved working for them because they they did see and take care of their employees. And then when they were sold out, the new company coming in didn't have those same values. So um, right. I, I love those ideas, and it's great that you have something in place that an employer doesn't have to start from scratch. So I know that you have a, a whole team that you work with. It's not just you making all this happen. You know, you would be a right. magician if you could. But um, uh, tell me a little bit about how your team come together and help companies to achieve some of these goals we've talked about? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, as I said before, in, in business planning, it, it's definitely a team sport. So there's a lot of a businesses uh, owners should have a lot of advisors around them helping in different areas. Uh, we think of ourselves as a bit of a quarterback in the conversation just because we're able to really help them see big picture. Um, but even, even outside of kind of that quarterback relationship, there are experts that we have on our team that can help in areas such as key employee retention, such as preparing to exit, um, such as, you know, even logistical things like establishing and reviewing a 401k plan. Um, so we have different experts inside of our firm that, that I will bring in depending on the situation uh, to, to, help, to help with those situations. And if, if I could, Linda, share one other story um, sure. about that. Yeah, so um, we had a case recently where I brought in our um, key employee retention specialist, and uh, there were a set of, of three three managers that the business owner wanted to retain. And one of the managers, um, like I said, had, had a, a young son. Uh, I think he was three. And, and so the business owner was saying, you know, what can I do to retain this person? And so we presented the idea of putting in place a long-term compensation plan for the employee that was tied to funding college for the child. And the business owner liked the idea, and he went and he presented it to the employee. And the employee literally started to cry when the business owner told him about what he wanted to do. You know, the messaging was, we really value what you're doing. Um, we're already compensating you for, you know, for the work you do, but we want to compensate you above that. Mm. Um, we know, you know, that, that your son um, is, is young, but that you care about his, his education. And, you know, we want to provide, I think theirs was $30,000 a year for four years. Oh, my um, goodness. And, and the employee literally started to cry when he, when he told him that. So you just mm. think about uh, the power. I, I, I love being a part of those conversations. It's, it's powerful. 
Joel, there is no amount of money that could lure that man away from that job after that. <laughs> Think would, about that. You know? Right. Wow. Wow. Right. That's amazing. I tell you what, Joel, I need to take a quick commercial break here, but uh, I'm hoping you've got a few more stories in your bag because we love stories here on All Things Franchising. So do you have some more you could share with us when we come back? Absolutely. Wonderful. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be back with more from Joel Gardner. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with a BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898, or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here and my guest is Joel Gardner and we were uh, you were sharing some great stories here, Joel. Uh, it just almost brought tears to my eyes as well. But you said that you have some more stories and I just know that everybody else is waiting for those. Yeah, so Linda, do you like scary stories? <laughs> There's always <laughs> got to be a scary story in the mix, doesn't it? <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, going back to so we were talking before the break about um, you know, when when a business owner is looking at protecting their business, growing their business and eventually exiting their business, that part of the growth stage can be reinvesting into the employees, um, you know, understanding what's important to them and coming alongside of them to, to help them. And um, sometimes a business owner will think about offering uh, stock or stock appreciation rights in, in the business as a way to retain the employee and um, that can, can be something that can work from time to time, um, but there are, there are some downfalls. And so this gets to my scary story, if, if, if I can spook you out. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we were, our, our firm was brought in on, um, to, to consult with a company, and they were sharing with us um, that previously they had offered 
um, stock appreciation rights in the business to, I believe it was to, this, to their CFO. And what that meant was they gave, um, they gave the CFO some, some ownership in, in the company, um, and the value of those stocks was based on the value of, of, the, of the company, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a vesting period um, where the CFO, you know, had to be around. Um, and at the end of the vesting period, the CFO would be able to, to liquidate his shares and, and receive some, a pretty good compensation. Well, the, the scary part of this was the CFO, it worked from a retention standpoint. The CFO stayed around. And so now the business had to pay out, right, this, this uh, pretty sizable amount. Um, the problem was the business owner didn't sell the business, so they didn't have a liquidity event. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, they had to pay out this, um, the stock appreciation rights to the CFO, but they didn't necessarily have the right cash flow in place. And so those are the things that need to be thought about um, with a business owner when you're thinking about structuring a good plan uh, to retain your employees. You want to think about the vesting schedules, um, what the what the uh, what the rights or um, the future compensation is tied to. Um, is it tied to the bottom line to the to the EBITDA growth of of the company? Is it just based on longevity, like going back to the college planning example, um, and, and figuring out the right plan, um, also making sure if you're doing this for multiple people, maybe we don't want to pay out all the benefits all at once, so staggering when those benefits are paid out. Um, so so that's, that's a little bit of a scary story for you, um, Linda, of, of just what could go wrong. And, you know, Joel, what it also tells me is that there's putting something like this in place is uh, certainly going to help with retention. But there are moving parts that are that are moving under the surface of all of these. And it all has to be connected. You have to have that plan and take into consideration all of these different pieces and scenarios. You have to be prepared for that, don't you? You do. You really do. Um, you think about a business owner looking at exiting, selling to an insider and out or an outsider. Mm-hmm. If um, if we structure it correctly, maybe the retention plan is in place past the exit, so that the key employee mm. or employees. Uh, are incentivized to stay around for the new ownership. Um, And you think about the value increase that Mm -hmm. the new owner is going to have, knowing that these people are probably not going to leave and what that can do for the business owner at exit. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, there are some people that think, and clearly the the salesman that you told the story earlier, uh, some people think that when new management comes in, that they are either going to clean house or that it's not going to be an ideal situation. So instead of sticking around, they decide to jump ship. So it makes so much sense to create that um, that that agreement that in um, that you've put together to um, help retain your employees be put in place so that it does overlap the exit date it just makes sense doesn't it it it, it really does um, it, it really does Linda and you know um, yeah, I mean, it, it really says to the incoming owner that mm-hmm. these people, these key people are who really helped create the business. And so it kind of affirms their work um, mm-hmm. to the owner, to the employees, and it, it's really a win-win situation. Absolutely. Well, Joel, we're down to the end of the show here. Um, we're down to those final questions. But um, before we get there, if somebody's listening and they are interested in, in maybe the exit strategy planning or maybe uh, creating some um, programs for their current employees, how would they find out more about how you can help them? Yeah, um, so you can you can find more about our firm at cplanning.com, C as in consolidated, planning.com. Um, you can also shoot me an email at j as in Joel Gardner at cplanning.com. And, you know, we're happy to have a conversation with you and, and understand what you're looking to accomplish and see if we can help. Wonderful. So, Joel, those final questions that I have, they are around franchising, but um, I believe they apply to any business owner. Uh, So the first question is, if there's someone listening and they're considering purchasing a business, whether it's a franchise or whether it's a business, what do you suggest that they do to prepare for that process? I would say, you know, understanding your your timeline and and having the right expectations that uh, being a business owner is hard. It, it's um, you know you might be able to control your schedule, uh, but ultimately you work for your for your customers at that point, and, and to a degree that that doesn't really turn off. So having the right expectations um, and and looking at your overall wealth building plan in figuring out is this business going to be a multiplier to mm-hmm. our net worth um, or maybe this is just going to be a we're going to take some resources and and buy a job that we can't necessarily sell mm-hmm. right maybe it's a business we can't sell but it's a job that we can control and and grow um, and so in that case understanding what is the plan to put money into this business and then to be able to take it out, right? Because if there's no way to sell it, then we need to be getting the the money out to put back on our balance. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that just a minute, Joel, because I have seen so many people think they have a company, uh, 
but they really just bought themselves a job. So Correct. can you help someone talk through that and and maybe make it a company at some point, moving it from just being a job that supports their family to being something that is sellable. Is that something you could coach someone in in um, making that happen? Yeah. So, you know, that's where understanding, you know, getting an initial valuation done and seeing, mm-hmm. okay, you know, here, here's the valuation, here's what it comes back at, here are some ways that we could increase that value, which usually comes down to finding systems to put in place to replace yourself so mm-hmm. that if you, business owner, went on vacation for six months, what, how would the business do? Mm-hmm. Um, if the business would be non-existent, then it's probably not something that could be sold or, or the value wouldn't be what it could be. So, yeah, helping a business owner understand those value drivers um, and, and, you know, putting plans in place and maybe bringing in partners, outsourced folks um, to help with that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point there. So the next question is, what are two traits that make a successful business owner? I think one is a business owner who is going to be successful is someone who can recognize their strengths and their weaknesses and is quick to outsource their weaknesses, to bring in people around them, to fill in the gaps, um, and not try to do everything themselves. Uh, as as Americans, we can tend to be rugged individualists, um, but but successful business owners have really good teams around them. Mm. Um, I think I think another one is determination. You know, it, it like I said before, it's very hard. I'm a business owner. It's very hard to be a business owner. Um, you know. You have to be persistent and determined at what you're going to accomplish um, and really believe in in yourself and in your process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of that is so important. And um, and it is it is different being a business owner versus an employee. I was in banking for 30 plus years and um, I've I feel that there is a lot more personal development that has to take place as a small business owner because you are tested every day in some area of your business. You are tested, right? 100%. Yes, 100%. (laughs) So uh, the final question here is, what does the the future of small business ownership look like? I know that during the pandemic, we saw a lot of independent business owners and some franchises, as a matter of fact, were hit very hard. Do you think that has deterred people from wanting to be in business for themselves? What does the future look like, Joel? That's, that's a good question, Linda. Um, you know, I think... I think there's a lot of people really out of the pandemic and from the pandemic that are interested in, in taking things into their control to a degree. Um, and so I see, you know, I, I think the future of small business is 
you know, is is flush. Um, mm-hmm. I think that th- that's only growing. Um, so so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I see that only growing. Yeah, and and during the pandemic, I do think that people realize that working for someone else um, takes them away from some of the reasons they were working, takes them away from right. their families. And so they've seen the value of being back with the family, having dinner with the family again, and seeing the value of that. So in my perspective, you know, I'm from my little world. I, I just think that people want to find a way to capture that. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, the initial, the initial, you know, years, couple of years is, it can be a bit of a grind when, mm-hmm. when you're starting franchise or your business, but, but seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of really being able to control, um, you know, this is, I'm going to spend dinner with the family and, and yeah. I'm going to that that schedule or I'm going to take, you know, these vacations and, and really, I think that's important for a business owner when they're getting started to, to go ahead and schedule those things. Um, and as an established business owner to force yourself to take a couple weeks away and just see mm-hmm. how the business does. Um, and, and that will probably tell you a lot about what are the things that need to be focused on when you get back. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Joel, I have enjoyed this so much. We are down to the end of the show. One more time, if someone's listening and they want to know more about the services that you offer and C-Plan offer, would you uh, let them know exactly how to get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can go to cplanning.com or or they can email me directly at jgardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R, at cplanning.com. Wonderful. Joel, thanks so much for being on the show. I would love to have you back on because I think we probably have a, another few shows that we could, that we could fill up with the information that could help some of our listeners. So I'd love to have you back on the show in the future. I'd love that. I'd love that. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, folks, I hope you were taking some notes because Joel gave some great advice and some really unique ways that small business owners can uh, certainly take care of their employees, which is part of the asset of the company. As always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. kind of falls right into what we were talking about today. Um, Planning is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. So planning is all about looking into the future, bringing it up close, and figuring out what can you do about today to make that happen. That's a quote by Alan Lakian, and he is an author and a businessman. So folks, as always, thanks for being with me today on All Things Franchising, and we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.